0: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on v
2: Okay, it is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. And MGM, Nevada's premier sports betting app, has all your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted odd specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip. Bring that state-issued ID ready to go. 21 years or older, if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-522-4700 as we got you back here on the Lombardi Line. Presented by BetMGM, This is visa and the sports betting network. Gilbert Manzano covers the champs, the Rams for the OC register and the LA daily news. Before we bring Gilbert on the reason we wanted to do this, Michael kind of ominous with Matthew Stafford. Why don't we go ahead and set this up? You thought the fact that McVeigh actually said something about the elbow pain says something about the injury as opposed to just ignoring it. Correct?
3: Look, yeah, you look, and for full. Dis- I'm not a doctor, obviously, but I've been around enough quarterbacks to know when something bothers them in the elbow. That's not a good thing, and that doesn't just go away. And like baseball pitchers, and rest is kind of not a very good option. That's why I'm excited to talk about to talk to Gilbert to see if he noticed it. Did he notice a a lack of arm strength? I mean, one thing we saw at Peyton Manning at the end of his career, because of the neck injury, Peyton didn't have anything on the football. I mean, the same thing with Ben Roethlisberger. He just, he lost a lot of velocity on the ball. Some people think Matt Ryan has as well. I don't. But, uh, you know, a lot of it comes from your lower body. But if you lose a little bit of that velocity or you can't throw the ball, as you mentioned yesterday, from different angles and launch points the way Stafford does... Uh, that's going to pr- cause a problem. And then the other thing yep. is if you get hit there, you know, Bernie Kosar played a, a, a kind of a nondescript game in Kansas City in, two, in 1992. He got he got sacked and he hurt his elbow. Now, Bernie didn't have great arm strength to start with. It was just adequate. But once he injured his elbow, it was over. He had nothing on the ball. He couldn't throw it, you know. And so that that's why I'm my horns went up a little bit when I heard this yeah. and read this. And McVay kind of said it's not good, and I, I'm anxious to talk to Gilbert.
2: <laughs> G Manzano, 24, he covers the champs for the OC Register and Daily News. Good morning, Gilbert. Thank you for joining us here on the Lombardi Line. Is there concern in the Rams camp? Because kind of ominous where McVay comes out and says it's more like a baseball injury. What do you think?
4: Yeah, uh thank you for having me on, Patrick, uh Michael. Yeah, there is a little bit of uh, some co- quarterback controversy at Rams uh, training camp. Uh, you know, I'll start with this. You know, with Sean McVay, the first time he spoke about the 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 elbow pain, you know, he kind of tried to downplay, like, hey, it's just some pain, he'll be fine. Let's give it kind of a two week program. We'll shut him down for the team drills. He'll, he'll throw an individual period, seven on seven, you know, that stuff. And then the next day, he started saying, well, this is something we've never dealt with before. Abnormal kind of pain, uh, stuff that baseball pitchers deal with. So. That was the thing where, okay, this is something different. They, they're trying to manage it. But, again, they're trying to downplay it and say it's not a long-term thing, something that they're gonna, he's going to deal with it maybe on, on a regular basis, but to minimize the pain. But so far when I've seen him throw, there's no grimness. There's no, okay, my arm hurts, take me out kind of thing. So far he's, he's looking okay, but it's not a good sign that they're saying abnormal, uh, learning on the fly, things like that where they're trying to figure it out and get a game game plan. The only good thing, good thing going for them it is still August, they can figure it out, but it's not good to hear abnormal pain.
3: Uh, Gilbert, do you think that this figuring it out means that they may bring somebody else in to compete with John Wolford for the starting for the backup role? I know they got Bryce Perkins there and Luis Perez is a college free agent, but is there is do you think there's any interest in bringing a veteran in at all?
4: I don't think so right now. I think they really like John Wolford. And just from watching him out there, he's been pretty sharp. I've, I've been impressed for, for, for him to step in and still have a chemistry Cooper Cup and, and uh, Allen Robinson and the rest of the wide receivers. So I think they like John Wolford. Maybe if he was having some shaky practices, they'll consider it. Uh, I know that the name out there is Jimmy Garoppolo, but that would be kind of weird with the division uh, rivals there with the 49ers. But I think for right now, it would be John Wolford. Uh, they're not looking into it yet, and I still don't think that they're concerned about Stafford not being available for the season. I think it's something they're going to they're try to manage uh, on a weekly basis. So I think for right now it is John Wolford, but uh, things could change quickly.
2: The season opens, Michael Gilbert, Buffalo at the Rams. Remember, as you, as you pointed out yesterday, Michael, that number flipped. Open the Rams yeah. one. It's now sitting in the Bills lane two, and I think some of it has to do with this news. Gilbert, let me ask you, and I'm glad you brought up abnormal, because that was the word that concerned Michael and myself as far as what McVay said. Have we heard anything from Matthew Stafford? He'll be 35 in February. Year one wins a championship. Has he said anything about the injury?
4: Yeah, no, good question, Patrick. Because uh, we're going to actually speak with him today, later today. You know, it's Saturday morning, so in the afternoon we'll, we'll have a better sense. You know, we've been talking to Sean McVay the last week about it, and we keep wondering, you know, how does you know how does Stafford feel about all this? You know, can we ask him how's the pain? But so right now, it's all we have is from Sean McVay's work and what we're seeing in practices. And uh, before you had me on, you know, Michael was bringing up good points. You know, can he use the entire field? You know, is there any kind of you know signs that he's hurting out there? And so far, Michael, just to answer those questions, he was using the entire field for the for the seven on seven uh, team drills that first week. He was he was throwing with velocity, you know, some touch. The only thing I didn't notice, uh, Michael, was uh, he wasn't taking a lot of deep shots. I know it's training camp, and maybe you don't need to take the deep shots, but a lot of the throws were inside. Uh, you know, 20, 20, yards kind of thing. So maybe that was maybe already, you know, scripted. Don't, don't go too far. But then I think a couple of days ago in the seven on seven, he let it rip a little more. Uh, Tutu Atwell had a nice touchdown bomb. So maybe that was kind of to show of reporters, hey, I'm OK. We're going to manage it our way, but don't get concerned. But in terms of grimaces and pain and stuff like that, I have not seen that uh, just yet.
3: All right, Gilbert, let's play this forward. We know Sean doesn't want to play any veterans in the preseason, right? So, and we know Stafford was never going to play in the preseason. It was going to be John Walford. So... I mean, their backups are not great, as you know. I mean, they, they have survived with being able to play this we're-not-going-to-get-injured game. And they've done a great job with it. Hats off to Kevin Demoff and Les Snead for being able to pull this off. However, do you anticipate them cutting back on Wolfert's reps just to preserve him? Because mm. it's a little dangerous going into preseason without all your starters. And then you put your starting quarterback out there and he gets hurt. Where are we?
4: Yeah, no, definitely. You're gonna have to see a whole lot of uh, Bryce Perkins, and so far we haven't seen Luis, Luis Perez throw throw a, a pass in camp yet, or at least in team drills. So uh, you would think those guys will start seeing a little more action, but it is interesting that John Wolford has gotten most of the uh, you know the, the team work with the first team unit after Stafford's you know kind of you know little shutdown here going on. Uh, so I think eventually they're gonna they're gonna pull back. I, I know I know they like John Wolford a lot. Uh, so if that's the case. They're gonna have to, you know, you know, treat him like a first quarterback. You know, you got to be cautious with him because you know things can go sideways real quick and you don't have him available. So, I think come the preseason games, the first one against the Chargers, you probably won't see John Wolford. If, if you know, just to be cautious, or maybe he will get a, a couple series or two, but you'll see a whole lot of a whole lot of Bryce Perkins and Luis Perez uh, for the three preseason games.
2: Okay, Gilbert, Michael says the Super Bowl hangover is real, and I know it's early into camp, but give us an idea of the juice with the Rams and wanting to defend here. I'm looking at the market. They're your fifth betting favorite as far as championship odds, so a little disrespect for the defending champs. Do you get a sense of juice with this Rams team coming back?
4: Yeah, you know, the, the first week, then all the questions were how do you you know get past the Super Bowl hangover? How, how, do, you, how do you not let it have a, become a super, a super Bowl hangover? And then the question that came about Matthew Stafford. So the first week was all about <laughs> how do you repeat? How do you do it? You know, how can you stay motivated? How do you write the next chapter thing? So you could tell guys are, are pretty fired up to repeat. And it does help that nobody's done this since the, the Patriots in 2004. So it's been a long time. They want to make history and be back-to-back Super Bowl champions. But when you have guys like Bobby Wagner who want who wants to get back to the mountaintop, he hasn't done it since the Seattle uh, 2012 championship, uh, when you have guys who were injured last year, like a Tyler Higbee, uh, a guy like uh, Troy Hill, who was gone. These guys that have not you know, tasted championship or played in the Super Bowl uh, want to get there. So that's that's the way they're trying to approach it. Uh, but, yeah, when you've been to the top and you're trying to get back up there, it's always a hard climb. But uh, Cooper Cup, you know, guys like that. Allen Robinson's never done it. You know, you know, when you have leaders like Cup and Donald and Stafford, I think they'll figure it out. Uh, but again, you know, I, I haven't felt like, uh, you know, these guys, are, OK, we're 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 uh, we're fine. We're OK. We're going to settle. Uh, so what you want this time of year is to have a lot of, you know, motivation and desire to get back up.
3: Gilbert, I've never been to a Sean McVay practice. So I ask you this question naively. Do they even put pads on at practice or are they all just, <laughs> just did shorts and T-shirts?
4: <laughs> yeah, I was getting worried for the first week. There was no pads. I mean, like, I guess Sean McVay likes to kind of cruise into uh you know, the season, but they have the pads out the last couple of days, you know, he likes to do the four day stretch, you know, the two days are a pretty tough. And then the three day, he, he calls it deloading day. I didn't know that's what it was. You know, I, I was covering the charges before <laughs> the right here. So he goes with the deload uh, above the next stuff. He likes to call it, which uh, I figure out it's a mental kind of game there uh, and then go back into the pattern practice. So the four day stretch is uh, the window. I've been kind of figuring out how things work here. Gilbert Manzano. Uh, la
2: daily news oc register we'll let you go because you know why michael he's got to go to irvine california i don't think people realize that the the rams are like three hours away with training camp right gilbert i mean it's so far good
3: good Good, put it in ways to take those back roads gilbert yeah i mean it's a tough trip that's a tough commute gilbert
4: yeah, going from uh, you know Orange County to Ventura County, Thousand Oaks, L.A. is a weird place. It's just massive, and you, you got to get with the traffic. And you, you need the Waze app, too. When you get the Waze, you'll figure out how to get there faster.
2: <laughs> well, thank you so much for the time this morning. We'll talk to you during the regular season. Good luck. Thank you, Gilbert. Appreciate thank you. you. Thank
4: you. Thank you, Gilbert. It.
2: I, I went out years ago when I was doing the radio to cover the Rams, and honestly, it took me two hours to get to their training yeah. campsite. Two
3: hours. I mean, and it wasn't just because of traffic. And you can't predict it. And you can't predict it. Like, you could say, well, let me leave at 7 in the morning. It'll be fine. And then you get out there like, what is going on? Where are all these people going? Where did all these people come from? You know? I mean, I I, it, I I used to work 13 miles from my house. It took me an hour and five minutes. <laughs> Hey, by the way,
2: he brought up a few things in regards to Sean McVay that I wanted to follow up with next. Is that cool? Because
3: he's had a fascinating
2: start to his career. And I've got plenty with McVay and the Rams coming back with Michael Lombardi here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Their their win total set at 10 and a half. Like I said, they're your fifth betting favorite to win a championship. Disrespectful Super Bowl hangover. We're discussed coming back with Michael Lombardi here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM.
1: If you dare.
2: Okay, the College Football Guide is out now. We keep telling you about it because it's important. Make sure you start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles on every team, including trends, power ratings, over under recommendations, plus our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's Football Betting Guide is to become a VEASAN All Access member. It's important. You can sign up early for 175 bucks. When I tell you $175 gets you everything, Kitchen Sink, College Football Betting Guide, Pro Football Betting Guide, everything. You get Michael's articles, you get point spread weekly every Wednesday. It's incredible. Invest a little to make a lot, or you can join us for 40 bucks and see everything VEASAN has to offer and up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network michael lombardi there in jersey i'm patrick maher as we go coast to coast here on the lombardi line so we talked to gilbert manzano of the la daily news about Mm -hmm. the first off before i get to mcveigh did you have a takeaway from what he said about the way stafford was handling practice
3: yeah, I mean, I think it was encouraging. But again, I don't know when this actually – did something happen? Did, did, did the tendonitis – you know, some of those throws he saw that were good throws, did that occur before he had the tendonitis? So I think that's going to be uh, – we're going to get more clarity when we get into today when they go and talk to Matthew Stafford and we'll see what happens. So, look, I, I think it's a concern. I, I, I think you've got to feel like it's a concern because if you're Sean McVay, you're saying, okay, if it goes away, is it coming back? You know, one thing about coaches, you're always worried about not what's today, is is this gonna creep up? You're know, long term. You know, is this coming back? Is this gonna hit us again? I think you gotta be I think he's gotta be asking that question.
2: Okay, so the Sean McVay effect. I'm gonna ask you a question. Is this good? He's thirty-six years old, he's been there five seasons. Listen to this, eleven and five. 13 and 3 lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. 9 and 7 Michael, 10 and 6, 12 and 5 Super Bowl champs. So he's 55 and 26 with two Super Bowl appearances in 5 seasons. He's just 36. He does things differently. You I don't even think you were joking when you said do they put on pads. No. He doesn't play no. his starters in the preseason. He doesn't play he doesn't start. Now, think about the juxtaposition. Somebody like John Harbaugh has won 19 straight preseason games. He cares about the preseason. This is I don't know if it's an evolution or you you consider it devolving, but there's a different approach for the young Sean McVay.
3: No doubt. And I think, you know, it's a great point you brought up, John Harbaugh, because I think for our audience, they need to know. I mean, Baltimore's changing a little bit. You know, they're trying to get John to back off the preseason. They, they used to practice in the morning, and now they're practicing at 2 o'clock in the afternoon under the auspice of their, their analytics and their medical people said the best time to practice for your body, for rest, is 2 o'clock. Now it happens to be the hottest time of the day. So I don't know how that's going to work, but I think ultimately – John is getting some sense because of all the injuries that happened last year to his team. He's looking at Sean McVay saying how the hell did he's doing it, right? That's why I asked the question. How does he do it? You know, like the the obvious thing to me on Thursday night was the Raiders practice. The Jaguars didn't. The, the Jaguars were out there on the practice field. They, they couldn't get off a block. They played with no physicality. They had no zip to them. I mean, today there's a column in the Philadelphia th- paper that, you know, the Eagles will not practice tackling all of training camp. Okay. Well, if you don't tackle good in the game, then don't blame it on the players. Because you haven't you haven't spent any time now. I'm not saying you got tackled to the ground, but you got to do form tackling. Football's a physical sport. There's that balance. McVeigh has worked it out. McVeigh has somehow figured out how to have a high tempo practice with physicality without having the pads on. I, and I, I I'm saying I marvel at it.
2: Uh, I'm just going to put it to you this way. I don't know if it's a cult of personality. I don't know what it is. He is he's kind of an electric person in-person McVeigh where he looks at a reporter and he knows your name for two seconds and he, he's already starting it with that's a good question Patrick and then he progresses so you're around McVeigh for almost you know five minutes and you understand why he's done so well at such a young age it, it's it's just fascinating the success he's had have you had run-ins with McVeigh do you have a relationship there?
3: Yeah, I do. You know, I, I, I have a relationship with him. He read Gridiron Genius a couple times. We've talked a lot on the phone. Uh, and I have great respect for him. And I have great respect because his grandfather, uh, I worked for his grandfather, John McVay, in San Francisco. So... To me, it's been, it's been really a, a great experience to watch him. I know Coach McVeigh was, I call him Coach McVeigh, was the former head coach of the New York Football Giants. You know, he came to San Francisco. I learned a lot from him. I was fortunate enough to be around him. So I can remember when I first got to Cleveland in 2013, Coach McVeigh called me on the phone to congratulate me for getting the job, and he said, hey, my grandson's special. Keep an eye on him. And that was no the first kidding. time I heard about him.
2: Yep. No kidding, Michael. That is fascinating, and that was, I mean, think about when he joined the Shanahan staff with Washington. I mean, he was in his 20s, mid-20s.
3: Right. You know, I, I think he is really somebody that understands what the job is and what it isn't. People always ask me, what makes Belichick so good? What makes Walsh so good? What makes great coaches so good? And it's really simple. The answer is they understand what the job is and they understand what it isn't, and they focus on what the job is, and Sean is willing to do that. Now, he's made mistakes, but the thing I love about Sean, you know, we had this debate back and forth, he and I, about Jared Goff. Finally, he admitted Mm -hmm. I was right on Goff. He traded Goff, you know, and and they spent a lot of money on Goff. They did that contract, and yet Sean's willing to go through it. Hey, I'll get rid of Brandon. Even though I signed Todd Gurley, I'm getting rid of him. Even though I signed Brandon Cooks, I'm getting rid of him. Like, he has that Belichickian Walsh quality to make emotional decisions without emotion
2: get off your mistakes. Don't be stubborn. Don't just be, remember they paid golf. They paid Gurley, And like you said, they were smart enough and weren't stubborn and they got off the mistake. That's, that's important. That's emotional intelligence,
3: right? Yep. No doubt. And that's what you need to have. You know, that's what you need to have. And so I, I think you got to give him credit for that. And I think you got to give, understand this. And he runs the offense. And the other thing he has done when he first went there, I don't think a lot of people realize this. When he first went there, he knew he wasn't ready to be a true head coach. So when Wade came in, Wade was the perfect guy for him because he could allow Wade to run the defense, and he could focus on growing into the head coaching role. Well, there got to a point where he decided, "I want to be the head coach of the team." So then he hires, you know, Wade. He fires Wade, hires Brendan Staley. Then Staley gets the head job, and he hires Raheem, and and he's fired guys who are close to him. Aaron Cromer Mm. is line coach. Because he's now seeing what he wants. And he wa- what he wants from his coaches. People think when you fire a coach, you're just being a jerk. No, no. The, the head coach has to get from his coaches what he wants. It's his program. It's his program. Like, he's responsible for it. Like, you can't have independent contractors. You're either going to coach it the way I want it, or I'll find somebody else who will. Now, when you get to be a head coach, you're going to want the same thing. But you don't see that today, but eventually you'll see that.
2: I think that's why I'm bullish on the Rams if the injuries don't prevent them. Because his ability, and that being McVay, because of his special ability to connect with humans, I think that hangover may lessen because he's going to motivate this team. We're sitting at 10.5 on the board, and as I mentioned, they're your fifth betting favorite to win the championship. I think McVay's special, Michael. I don't know if the hangover automatically means something coming into this season for the Rams.
3: No, I think he has, again, another trait that that the great ones have. He has competitive stamina, right? And so he has competitive stamina to improve. Now, what he can't control, and he's trying to, is he can't control what happens if he gets injuries because he's been able to avoid that. Now, I know Cam Akers got hurt last year. They kind of worked a way around that. But that that's not the injury that affects you the most. You can always find a running back. It's hard to find some of these other positions, and he's been able to do that. And I think he's done a good job of, of keeping his system generic enough to where he can play some younger players because he knows he has to do it. He knows he has to do it. And I think Raheem Morris has done a really good job. I think Raheem's done a way better job than Brendan Staley did in terms of being diversified with his portfolio and allowing them and the players to kind of enhance it. I mean, look, they've, done, they've been able to, to win some games when that offense wasn't really humming.
2: If Stafford's healthy, they're going to be fine. That's really what it, I know. It's it's so basic and like you know conceptually we understand the quarterback means everything. But Stafford's numbers last year—he threw 41 touchdown passes. I mean, he's only going to get better in that offense. It is. That's it, right. It, it's they're going to be fine if he's healthy,
3: right? No doubt. No doubt. He he will be fine if he's healthy.
2: So, do you remember McVeigh's review of Gridiron Genius?
3: You know, I, I know he listened to it. You know, I think he liked it. I think he reads it back and forth. The one thing about Gridiron Genius, which which is why I wrote it, is because I, I don't think it's a book you just can, if you read it once, I think for coaches, if you go back through it, basketball or football, there's other things that you can pick as you go into the season. You know, it, it's like any book you want to read, you know, that, that offers advice. It's always good to start your year reading that book. So, and that's why I wrote it. And again, this is not from me. This is from the great ones of Walsh and Belichick.
2: And by the way, it helped me with my job just as a host, Gridiron Genius. I've listened to it front and back twice, and then I've listened to individual chapters throughout. You can go download it. I do Audible. Sorry. I, you still get I the do money, too. right? Yeah, yeah. I guess I do. I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. I guess we could ask Millie. She's an accountant. Yeah, she would know if you got that that's cash. Right.
3: That's right. Exactly.
2: <laughs> All right. We're coming back. Great stuff on McVay. Interesting. Ten and a half on the win total. Got to pay a little juice on the under. Abnormal with the elbow in Stafford. That's a little troubling and ominous. We'll, we'll wait and see how that turns out. Coming up next, Thomas Gable, our partner from the Borgata, joins us here on the Lombardi line.
0: listening to the Lombardi line on TSN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, Brent Musburger, thank you. BetMGM, the King of Sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets, risk-free tokens. And if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM reward points that you can use towards dining, shows, hotel rooms, at over 20 MGM resorts, properties located on Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. So again, it's a loyalty program. It's the best one in the business. Bet MGM rewards. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. I just came up with a game for the last segment after we talked to our buddy Thomas Gable. I'm going to look at Thursday's preseason games, and I'm going to throw you the odds, and you're going to tell me your thoughts based on the coaches. You understand? Based Got on it. philosophy. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to have some look. fun with that. Okay. Don't, please don't look, Michael. Don't cheat. Uh, Thomas Gable, he is the Race and Sports Director at the Borgata. I have not spoken to our partner in over a month besides a few text messages. So this is fun for me. Hi, Thomas. Good morning, buddy. How are you?
6: good morning guys patrick welcome back from your leave of absence there and uh most people need a doctor's note or some sort of medical paperwork (laughs) uh provided to their employer to get off for a month but somehow uh i guess bill ad is just that benevolent of a boss to allow you to do that michael very nice michael
2: and bill thank you michael and bill are too kind to me and it was nice little respite it's great to hear your voice how have you
6: been I've been okay. Let me ask you. So I saw your backdrop there. I know you you told me where you were moving to in Southern California. It looks like... You're living in a cabin in Big Sur or something like that.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would well, like that, Michael, actually. That would be nice. Yeah, I yeah. actually
2: like the wood. This is a room I that do. is I like a, it. A wooded. And then they actually want me to change. So I think we're going to get a Lombardi line sign. We're going to get a VEASAN sign. We're just getting set up. Here's what we got to do. We're pointing ourselves towards the football season, as you know, Thomas Gable. Right. And what's fascinating about that is if I were to ask you football season as compared as far as handle – would you say it's starting to tighten up with people getting into betting and the legalization there in Jersey, where college basketball, pro basketball, would you say it's starting to title as far as handle percentage, or is it still the NFL, college football, and everything else?
6: Yeah, I mean it's still definitely uh, NFL is always going to be uh, the king. I think no matter the region, uh, we do get strong basketball business here, but uh, NFL and college football also has been uh, growing in handle. Really, since 2018, when we uh, started post PASPA, but uh, NFL is always great, and it's nice when even now with the preseason back. I mean, people just love to bet football. Maybe not the USFL so much, but the NFL, where they uh, it's a product that they know, it's people that they know, and even you know for the Hall of Fame game. It, yeah, Trevor Lawrence wasn't on the field. Derek Carr wasn't on the field. But um, it's it's two teams that they know, and that they want to get involved and. When you're betting preseason, when you're seeing bets come across for preseason, it's people that are just excited to have NFL back and be available to bet. But then you also have the, the sharper bettors who are also getting involved in preseason because preseason is very information-based, and there's edges to be had. If you're paying attention, uh, especially to local beat reporters, um, you you see preseason lines uh move there's uh, some dramatic moves uh not only point spread but also totals and you saw one for this Hall of Fame game you saw the total uh drop 3 points uh basically overnight you know when you saw a group hit that uh so it's um it's tricky with preseason because you know you you definitely have people who come out and are excited to bet again on the NFL but then you also have uh, the people who really pay attention and uh, are sharp and have an opportunity to to make some money so I think the lesson to everybody out there for preseason uh, you, you can bet it uh, if you if you have the time and the resources to to put into paying attention to what's going on with these games and coaches philosophies and paying attention to press conferences and so forth um, there's definitely edges to be had in the preseason.
3: But, and I, that, I want to follow up with that with a question, TG. Is do you see information as king in anything? And do you see most significant betters, sharp betters, as we call them, or syndicates? Do you see them betting preseason earlier in the week, or do you see them waiting until the last moment of the week?
6: Now, it's really it. It, it depends on when. I, I mean, groups are going to bet when when they feel the time is right, and there's a number of factors that go into that whether it's uh when certain limits get raised um they'll they'll time it for that maybe it's if they get information before someone else um they'll time it with that but um in terms of uh people betting it's also how far in advance do books put these numbers up uh you know and it seems like every year we we go a little bit earlier uh with with putting games up so Right now, you know, you can bet all of uh, preseason week one games, uh, whether that's uh, from August 11th or, you know, 13th games, um, you can bet all of them right now. And you start to see who's coming in, who's making those plays, and then reacting off of that, uh, depending who who is making those uh, plays.
2: Well, well, tell us, did the sharp bettors win out? Remember, that number flipped. Raiders closed 2-2.5. Two, two I don't know where you yep. close it, the Borgata. But as Michael said through a text message, one team looks like they had practiced, that being the Raiders, and one didn't. Well, the team that looked <laughs> yep. like they had practiced, the number was going their way. So the information seems like it would be headed to the Raiders, no?
6: Yeah, you, you had that. and then But then in the total, uh, the, obviously the total move didn't, uh, come to fruition because you saw a big move to the under there on that, and uh, it it went over the total. So uh, you, you had it both ways in that one.
3: Yeah, no doubt. And I think that's that. You know, that leads us to the next weekend, as because Thomas, I think a lot of this is as we're seeing these teams try to avoid injuries. You know, the, we see not a lot of practice. And so the first game is going to be a little bit challenging for a team that hasn't been in pads very much. And as betters, I think you're going to gain an advantage in that. I mean, look, it wasn't that the Raiders were sensational. It was that the Raiders have actually had a few practices and they were able to to execute basic football fundamentals and techniques a little better than Jacksonville. It doesn't mean Jacksonville's not going to be a good team. It just means that right now they weren't practicing.
6: Right. And actually we've we've already seen uh Jacksonville getting bet here in their next uh their next game against the Browns. They have a a game against the Browns on the twelfth. Um and right now we're taking Jacksonville money on that. Jacksonville's line yeah, of two and a half.
3: Yeah. Uh, it'll be because they they think they need to get back you'll we'll see Lawrence the, they need to get back maybe Peterson's going to ramp up the ramp up practices and get get kind of get going a little bit as they prepare for the season. I think that probably makes sense. I'm not saying I would bet it, but it does make sense why people's perception would go in that direction.
2: And I have to ask you Thomas Gable, of course there at the Borgata, how are you handling the Browns? I'm guessing off the board right now. Mm-hmm.
6: Season wins are off the board. Uh, they, they've been off the board. And, you know, it's, it's a tricky situation. Uh, you know, we talked about this division uh, a couple weeks ago on the show. And, you know, obviously you have to have up uh, division futures and, you know, you're going to include Browns odds uh, for the conference and uh, for the Super Bowl. So when you were looking at this situation with with Watson and you weren't quite sure what was going to happen in terms of the suspension, you know, I said at the time, you know, if you think it's going to be a little bit uh, lesser of a suspension where he has an opportunity to come back and play and the Browns have a chance to get into the playoffs, well, then you want to look at their conference uh, odds and potentially their Super Bowl odds, because that's maybe where the opportunity is. The division may be out of reach if uh, he's missing a substantial amount of time. So uh, we we really didn't move the division number uh, with the news. Uh, the conference has moved. Uh, they're currently sixteen to one, Super Bowl twenty to one with the Browns. But um, we'll see. Obviously, with the appeal here, it's. Still, kind of one of those things you're going to continue to monitor and adjust as uh, as the news comes out.
2: By the way, I read the RG3 tweet about Jalen Hurts to Michael yesterday, and I got to give my man credit—he didn't run out of the studio. But you do realize that the buzz for Fly Eagles Fly continues there, Thomas Gable. I, I'm sure you know, as you're close to Jer- as you're close to Philadelphia.
6: Oh, it hasn't slowed down at all. It it certainly has not slowed down at all. I mean uh, so I I mean listen, I think Michael summed up the Eagles very well. They Hallie Roseman did a great job building around the quarterback. And if something does not go right with Hertz, if he doesn't progress uh in this in the way that they think that he may uh this year, they have an opportunity to go into the draft next year to get a to get a quarterback but they have the pieces around him um, pretty well set.
3: Yeah, they could put somebody in and, you know, they can operate and, and if they need to do that. So, you know, this is a long-term vision. It isn't a short-term, and, and they don't have all their chips in the bag for Hertz. But it's great to have you back, T.G. It really is. It's great to hear your voice again. We appreciate you. And here, here's the right, deal. We're going to
2: have... The, The three of us are going to have a great football season, TG. um, It's great to see your face and hear your voices again as well. Thank you so much, buddy.
6: All right. Thank you, guys.
2: Look forward to it. Fly, Eagles, fly. Fascinating. Okay, we're going to have some fun. When I come back. I'm going to count the the the
3: flags. I'm going to count the flags on my commute tomorrow morning so you know (laughs) how many Eagle flags I see every day. (laughs) Preseason odds
2: next. A little game with Lombardi.
1: If you dare.
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on vSEN, featuring former
0: NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, I was just texting Thomas Gable about horse racing so it's a good time to tell you Expressbet, Firstbet first bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action sign up today with the promo code vegas1000 and receive ten dollars instantly and up to a thousand dollars bonus visit vcin.com horses for details that's vcin.com slash horses and when you do use the bonus code vegas1000 okay coast to coast michael lombardi i'm patrick maher this is the lombardi line Presented by MGM. it's Vsin the Sports Betting Network. I'm going to throw Thursday's preseason games at you in the numbers. But let's back up a little bit. You talked about Sean McVay. That's one side of the coin. Now over here is John Harbaugh, who's won 19 straight preseason games. And by the way, ATS, he's been successful as well. So it's a dichotomy as far as the perspective and the approach. Do you have one? Would it be somewhere in the middle? How would you approach it?
3: Uh, I think, uh, you know, you have to get your team ready. So you've got to play your guys a little bit. Uh, I, I, I'm not obs- I'm not obsessed with winning the game. I'm obsessed with winning the first quarter, winning the first half. Whenever I play the veterans or the guys that we're counting on, I want to play good with those guys. And in the fourth quarter, if we don't have good enough depth, that's on me and we lose the game because we turn the ball over. You know, I, I think we got to go on to the next week. Uh, I do think that... You know, I know this sounds really strange, but field goal kickers matter at this time. If they only carry Mm -hmm. one kicker and Baltimore has Tucker, you know, no matter what the quarter is, he's going to go kick the ball and you're going to get points. And if you have a kick, a team that has a kicking competition, you might want to stay away from betting them because that kicker may miss and you may fall apart.
2: Well, I mean, one thing you and I discussed after Thursday's preseason game with Jacksonville in Las Vegas, I asked a question that I thought was stupid and you didn't tear me apart. So I'm happy I asked why wasn't Trevor Lawrence playing? Look, we've got three preseason games. It's a new system. Can't he get a couple of can he get some reps in to get used to it?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm all for that. I think you have to kind of get some momentum going, you know, because you, you can't simulate it in practice. You can't get the tempo where you want it in practice. you got to get it going. You've got to get some rhythm with these new receivers. I'm, I'm all for that. I think you have to do that. I, I think, like, let's take New England. I know you want to jump in New England, the Giants. Yeah. I think New England, with their new offense, with their change of offense, not new, I think they're going to want to try to get some tempo going. I think that no one... Bill, I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but I think in the first quarter, they're going to want to try to come out and and see what they have as a football team.
2: Well, New England backers hope they win the game because the number open two. I see DraftKings is at one, but mostly everybody else, one and a half, two. So again, New England favored over the Giants. Let's spend a second on that. And then I want to ask you about Patricia calling plays, but your thoughts on New England lane, a point and a half, two hosting the Giants here.
3: Well, I mean, look, you know, Mac, how long does Mac Jones play? So it's Mac Jones, Brian Hoyer, and Bailey Zappi. So you got three guys, one inexperienced and two very experienced, and the backup's experienced. Same situation in New York. Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, and then not very much experience. So I think you look at that first. But I think the Giants are going to want to try to establish a little continuity offensively. So I think there'll be a more sense of urgency. I think New England will too, but will New England play their starting defense? I think New England will try to play some of the young players and incorporate that in there. So I, I would say there's a bigger sense of urgency by Brian Dayball to try to win this game.
2: Michael, you know our Nessun audience wants this question answered, and it's been nebulous around Patriots camp. Patricia, do you assume he's going to be the play caller?
3: You know, I, I mean, obviously he did it last night. They had a, a they had a uh, a a game in the stadium, a simulated game, which is always happens the week before they play a preseason game to kind of get everybody on track of what's going to happen, the mechanics of it. You know, for me, it, it was hard for me to think that Matt can coach the line. And also call plays because you're coaching five guys in the line. But Billy Yates will probably help do that. And, you know, Matt has called games before. He is an experienced play caller, albeit defensively. So I do think Belichick will be involved in a lot of areas because Belichick's never not going to be involved. He's too good of a coach to not be involved, you know. And so do I think Matt will have the game plan in front? Yeah, but I do think there'll be a lot of people helping that as he moves forward. But Matt has experience in calling a game. Matt has experience in rolling it off his tongue, albeit defense, but now it's offense.
2: Okay, the next one up, Tennessee and Baltimore. So we talked about Baltimore and Harbaugh. Baltimore opens four. This is coming up Thursday, preseason week one. Got a couple of shops at four and a half, mostly DraftKings four and a half, at MGM four and a half with Baltimore hosting Tennessee.
3: Well, look, I think Baltimore's not going to play Lamar in the game, but I think Baltimore's got to play. It's going to be an interesting way to see this because I think Baltimore's going through some changes analytically. Sashi Brown is now the, the the president of the team, very analytically driven. And their organization is analytically driven, too. And I think they're, because of the injuries they suffered last year, I do think they're going to try to get John Harbaugh to back off playing all these older guys during the preseason. They already, you know, they're trying to practice at a certain time where everybody. And Taylor Lindenbaum, the kid that they drafted in the first round, he's already going to be out three to four weeks. They're not going. To, Ronnie Stanley's on PUP, right? So, and they've got Kevin Zeitler and Morgan Moses, both over thirty years old. I can't imagine them playing them in the preseason. So, I think you're going to see a lot of Tyler Huntley, Brent Huntley. They signed Anthony Brown as a backup quarterback. I think it'll be a little bit of a mixed match offensively with them. And then defensively, they've still got, they've got a lot of guys that they've got to take a, uh, take a look at. Do I think they'll try to win? Yeah, I do. they got a great field goal kicker. And Tennessee, to me, not playing Tannehill and going to Malik Willis or whomever they go to, that could be very scattered. You know, I still think Harbaugh's going to want to win the game because I think he may not want to play his players. He may, win, he may lose that battle. But I think the intent to win is still with Harbaugh.
2: Did I read through your dissertation on the Ravens? Are you down on the team?
3: No, I'm not down on them. I'm just saying, to me, their injury situation was so difficult last year. I mean, Ronnie Stanley Mm -hmm. got hurt. They had so many guys out. You know, Lamar Jackson got sacked more times last year than he did two years ago. And he only played in 12 games. I mean, they couldn't protect the quarterback. And I think that those injuries really, when you have an injured season, you either, is it your strength program? You have to go back and look at why do you have so many injuries. If you don't, what's the sense? You know, you've know, got to reestablish and and reevaluate what you're doing. And I think that's what's happened. That's why they changed their practice time at 2 o'clock. They've kind of backed off a little bit of practice. Andy Reid's done the same thing. You've got to get your team ready, but you also got to get your team healthy. It's such a fine line. And, you know, I think, you know, J.K. Dobbins is still on PUP. Gus Edwards is still on PUP. So there's a lot of guys that are still out for the team that aren't going to play in this game.
2: Speaking of injuries, I had to chuckle this morning. So those that didn't hear the Lombardi line yesterday, I asked Michael about Josh Allen and the Bills fighting in practice, and Michael just started laughing immediately. He was like, no, trust me, coaches do not want that. It's not about competition. It's ridiculous. It's about being healthy to start week one. Well, did you see what Kyle Shanahan said? I guess the 49ers started getting rowdy. He's just like, yeah, that's not happening. That's the opposite of what we want.
3: No doubt. It's a waste of time. And, and they've restricted the time for these coaches. I mean, these coaches want more time with the players. And when you guys want to get into fights, you, 10, 15 minutes, it takes us to break up the fight. We just <laughs> lost 10 minutes of practice. You know? We just lost 10 minutes of practice. We, everything is scripted down to the second. And when that trainer or the equipment guy blows the horn to signal the end of the time, you can't do another thing. You cannot do another thing. That horn goes off, stop coaching. you got to walk off the field. That's by the collective bargain agreement. So you just wasted all this time. We're trying to get this team ready for the opening game. It's too hard. I don't think we
2: realize as basic fans how time-sensitive, like how everything is scripted to the minute. It's insane how to fastidious y'all are with the schedules.
3: It's, it's, it's to the minute. And, and, and you've, got, you've got to get so much work done in that day. And if you don't, you're behind. And you know all coaches feel they're behind anyway. But now you're really behind. Now you feel, oh my gosh, what's going on here? And I and I think that when you fight and you do those things in practice, oh, you're a tough guy. No, no, you just caught. You're hurting us. Just like if you fight in a game, you hurt us.
2: You ain't helping us. You're hurting us. Okay, just got about a minute left. I'm gonna throw one on you. Jimmy Garoppolo is playing where this year? I'm gonna say Seattle.
3: Really? Well, I mean, why else are we holding back? What is San Francisco holding out for? I mean, I would say second would be the Giants. I I think if Daniel Jones comes, look, I I haven't been to practice, so I don't know. But I read Pat Leonard. I respect Pat Leonard in the New York Daily News. It hasn't read very pretty to me. So I can't imagine that it's been better than that, you know. I I have 38 games to watch Daniel Jones. I know what the end of that story is going to be.
2: And you can read that story over at vsin.com. Michael did a great job with how will a starter get determined. Remember, Baker, minus 1,500 to start for Carolina week one. MVP Mitch, you and I are talking about him tomorrow. I don't know if you've heard, but it's not going well in practice for MVP Mitch. And I know why. I know why. Okay, I know why. Leave it there, my man. That is the best tease of the day. Who's, who's better than you? Nobody. M Lombardi NFL. We'll be back tomorrow here on the Lombardi line. Great job, Britain. right? Michael, Britton did a great Thank job you, filling Britain. in today. Appreciate
3: it. Great job. Great relief pitch in Britain. Went all nine innings, too. Love it.
2: Have a great Saturday, Michael. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Patrick. Okay. It's the Lombardi line. It's In, the Sports Betting Network. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity Voice Remote. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Uh-huh, in my dentist's office.